What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. I am your V Podcaster host, Jay Starks. And man, shout out to my BOMAT members if you are returning to the chat. And you know, if you're new, we are glad you stepped in and you know took a bit of your time to check us out today. So yeah, was a we got a lot of things to discuss, you know, anime. That's that's what it's all about. So I think. I think we should go ahead and step into my office. I gotta, I gotta make sure that I tell Naruto to to, to get out of the way first. <laughs> first, if we're gonna talk about the shows we have for today, and this is Saturday show, so we have Requiem of the King, The Strongest Sage with the Weakest Crest, Orient, The Case Study of Vanitas, Artefute from Common place to world's strongest and lastly the orbital children which might i add came out this week uh it's specifically on netflix and wow i cannot wait to talk about that anime because uh i think it's I, uh, spoiler alert i think it's pretty special i'll say that that much right now okay so i think we should go ahead and get right on in this and talk about our first anime for today and that is no other than Requiem of the Rose King. Now, this was episode three, and the title of it is I Am the Shadow, the Darkness Behind the Light. So, you know, automatically you can sense that this is going to be some dark type of episode, something that's going to have this eclipsing feeling of, uh, you know, not wanting to be seen or heard or talked to something, something that prophetic, right? Well, I can tell you right now, <laughs> just watching this episode, I felt a shadow come overneath me, but let's get in how we discussed that when talk, when I grade the episodes. Um, but I do have a, a some experiences that I kind of relate to with this episode. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is the brotherly love between Richard, Edward, and, you know, just his, his, his siblings, you know, they all care for one another. It seems pretty deeply and they try to look out for each other in some type of way. And, you know, it, it definitely makes me think about my oldest brother who, you know, as we were growing up, uh, I'd say that he was a, a very goody two shoes. You know, he could, he could do no wrong. He tried to do all things by the book and be right. And for me, I was, I've always been the adventurous kid, the one that, uh, you know, most likely is going to press the button. Uh, even though I was told and instructed not to press the button, I was that kid. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm not to get into too many details because it was kind of bad, like the thing that I was doing. But my brother, you know, kind of saw what I was getting into. And he said, you know, hey, Jay, you know, if if you do this again, you know, I'm going to tell mom about it. And, you know, pretty much it's, it's, it's over for me. I, you know, ain't no telling how I'll probably still be in punishment right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know at that time you know he told me hey promise me if if you do something like this at least wait until you're 18 years of age or older and you can you know you're 
grown up, grown up enough to where you can make your own decisions. And I made that promise to my brother and I didn't do it again. And honestly, I I didn't, I didn't really do it again. I kept that promise to him for, for the most part. And, uh, but you know, that brotherly love, you know, it can, it can be, uh, agitating sometimes, but you know, when it's in good faith like that, uh, it's really cool knowing that someone's got your back like that, you know? And uh, I definitely appreciate my older brother for that. So I'm sure that when it comes down to Richard and Requiem of the Rose King, that he feels the same exact way, although he might not exactly express those things. And and that's kind of what I get into when great in the episode, the animation was good. Um, I said this in the previous episode before, but they do a lot of kind of silhouette steel shots. And um, it's kind of like these painted blot shots that happen like really quick. And it's supposed to capture a scene, you know, it's supposed to get the person that's viewing the, the episode to think of, okay, I interpret this to be a war scene and some deaths happened and, you know, we're transition. We can easily transition from that without having to go into so much animation to save us time to to tell more about the story. And so, because of that, I you know I'm just going to say that this was a good episode. Although things do look pretty good uh, in the animation overall, the story progression or the pace. I'll be honest. I was in the middle. Um, and let me bring up my chart for our people that's watching right now because you're kind of like okay I, I understand uh you're rating this but can, can you tell me exactly how so let me just recap um i do a rating on three specific elements on uh each episode so animation story progression or pace and dialogue to me those are the three most important parts of really anything i mean anything that i find to be like televised entertainment you know and but for anime specifically uh these are the three things that stick out to me the most in kind of making or breaking uh animes and so i rate them from one to seven one the worst two terrible three not good four in the middle five good six great and seven the best and you know for requiem of the rose king episode three i'm saying the animation is good and uh, for the story progression i find it to be in the middle and you know hear me out on this the reason why i feel like the story progression is off if you're watching this you are most likely getting kind of lost in what is going on because there's moments where they it feels like okay we're going to be telling a cohesive story about this uh young man uh that has the body you know body of a woman and you know they're going through so many things where uh, they're, they want to become an aide to their father, who is the king. And in this pursuit, realizing that their body is very fragile uh, and trying to find ways that they can help out. But they're also uh, dealing with their own personal demons of, you know, not loving themselves or, um, you know, not feeling like they're strong enough and they they're constantly having to compete with themselves but also not feeling love not feeling nurtured and feeling that their only hope is to be able to uplift um you know richard's only being able to uplift his father and that's that you know that's kind of like richard's uh overwhelming overwhelming theme to uh this anime is 
you know, my father doing this for my father is what completes me in a sense. And, you know, this, because of that, there's a lot of in your head moments. You're going to see a lot of moments where Richard is talking to himself and kind of this thing that is possessing him. And it's kind of some back and forth there, but you also have moments where he's not with this uh, thing that's possessing him and he's battling with himself. And that's the kind of the cool thing about this, this anime, because you kind of see the strife that Richard is going through. But the problem with that is it kind of ruins the cohesiveness of the story and it feels like we're getting stale. And then not, next thing you know, no, it jumps into an, a moment where uh, it picks up the story and it starts explaining things. And you're like, wait, wait, what? Like, what, what just happened? Like, we went from this and now we're already in the castle with his brothers and, the you know, we've liberated our, our citizens. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it just it, it's hard to follow and it's hard to really digest a lot of that stuff. So I could definitely see how the story progression, some people will be turned off by it. Now, the dialogue, I feel, is good, even though there's a lot of moving parts with the story progression. Uh, the things that they discuss and giving light to each character really bodes well. Like, it, it really sounds good how they're the, describing a lot of things besides, uh, you know, the story as a whole in itself. It's like a whole package. But when each character is going through, um, you know, their different things, uh, you know, it's it makes it, it it makes it feel a little bit better. It's like, OK, well, I'm, I might not like how the story is moving right now, but at least the dialogue uh, is enough to where I'm able to sit here in the seat and continue to watch more. So in conclusion, I would say that this was a pretty good episode. It was good. You know, it wasn't over the top, uh, but it wasn't necessarily bad. You know, I just feel like the progression uh, of the story is uh, leaves a lot to be desired. And I can see some people in episode three probably uh, falling off the bandwagon and saying, I don't know if Requiem of the Rose King is uh, actually for me. It might be for someone else, but I don't think I'm that audience. Okay. Then we move, we move on to the next anime. And we have the strongest sage with the weakest crest. Uh, this is episode four titled the strongest sage infiltrates. So right then and there, if you know who the strongest sage quote unquote is, uh, then you know that he's getting ready to go into battle or do something. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, he went after these uh, demons and, you know, needless to say, things got a bit heated. <laughs> there was definitely some fighting moments and, you know, just showing that that strength, that magical prowess. And it was it was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So uh, overall, I would say the animation was good. You know, there's the thing about the strongest sage with the weakest crest is that it, I can't say that the animation doesn't go like crazy. Like you won't see, you haven't seen constant battles and um, displays of how powers and all that work from, from a sage point of view. And so they're being very safe in these for earlier episodes. So I would say if, if you're looking for 
you know, if you were hoping that this episode was going to bring a lot of that action goodness, uh, it's not there yet. And it's possible that that's going to horizon, you know, maybe we'll be seeing a little bit more of that in the future, but I feel like we get sneak peeks of moments that make, uh, uh, Mateus truly one of the strongest sages, uh, you know, in this story. So now we go to the progression uh, or the pace. And I think the story progression is great. Uh, right now, they are, are really doing a good job of uh, fluidly showing uh, the things that they're going through in the community and, and, and having to battle these demons that are honestly uh, a threat to um, the, the kingdom. And, you know, if it wasn't for Mateus and his uh, experience and the prowess as a sage, you know, it's possible that this community would have easily been, uh, you know, dealt a heavy hand. And, you know, it'd probably be one of those memes where you say, uh, where you see, uh, especially like Star Wars, where it's like, okay, if this one part would have happened, then you would have got the end scene credits automatically. <laughs> and that's probably what happened. Like, it would have been like over just right then and there. But uh, story progression, great. Like, that's one thing I say is they're moving along really well with the story. You have a uh, new character that was brought into the fray. And all I can say is this new character, she is so cute. <laughs> I mean, she's just a bundle of joy, but she also was kind of confused me is this, this new character, uh, maybe not so much new, but you know what I mean? When you're watching an episode, uh, you know, it has a stone cold face where they, they, it feels like they don't, um, have a lot of personality but once they start speaking you can see the personality just kind of pours out of them so i kind of wonder like on animation if, if they really thought that through and, or, and, or maybe that's what they wanted us to believe i don't know but i'm really curious of why they decided to go that direction with with her artwork the dialogue was good you know the, you know they they're they keeping it really simple you know if you are into those uh sword art online type of animes uh where it has this uh mmo type of feel to it uh you know the dialogue kind of runs its course very close to that and uh you know they stick pretty close to that script and they don't it's not a lot of outrageous stuff you know it, it's it's really classic dialogue i feel so in conclusion i say you know this was a pretty good episode you know i, I think uh, anybody that's watching the strongest sage uh, with the weakest crest is probably still watching and it's probably going to ride this anime all the way through. And, you know, I can't really blame you. There's been nothing here that suggests that you should probably, you know, put your time elsewhere. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about our third anime. And that is Orient. Orient, Orient, Orient. Ha. Huh. Uh, I got a lot to say about this one. <laughs> so this is episode four, the Kosa uh, Mita Band. And, you know, right out the gate, the animation is good. Like, it was good. Like, it wasn't, I, I was very close to saying that it's in the middle. But, you know, there was a lot, some parts in there when they brought in some newer characters that I say, okay, this isn't too bad. Like, this is, this is, 
very tolerable. And I think from a pure animation standpoint, most people will be willing to continue to watch this. But when we get to the story progression, the pace, I'm in the middle. I'm like severely in the middle. And, and, and I think that, you know, anybody that is watching this, uh, the story progression, it's like they're, they just throwing a whole bunch of random stuff at you and expecting you to be okay with it. Like, Oh, here, hey, here's this girl who uh, takes your motorcycle and she's going to run off with it. And, you know, th that's just a part of the lore of the story. And in my mind, I'm just saying, what, wait, what? Like, what? And then we get to the dialogue where I'm in the middle as well. And I'm almost close to saying it's not good because and I'm, I'm saying, is this a, actually a story? <laughs> is this a real story? Like, are, are we really doing this with Orient? And, but there's so many random moments that happen. And it, it just feels like Orient was a rushed story, you know? And it kind of makes me want to kind of go back to the, the manga and say, like, was this really everything that happened in the manga? Because it truly feels like one of those old school uh, you know, let me late 90 uh, animes where you could kind of just do whatever and it was fine. You know, like you're still telling the story, but there was just so many things thrown in for whether it be for comedy's sake or for action sake. And that's kind of what this feels like. And, you know, to be honest, you know, I'm really, it's really off putting, um, you know, the things that happened within this episode and they have this uh girl who uh you know kind of entered the fray and you know i could see some some uh people feeling triggered by what they see because it has some um moments of like depression or what's a, another good word for where it talks about family and people that deceased and passed away. And it shows some semblance of brainwashing that could happen too. And so some people might feel pretty bad about that and feel like, oh, okay, I can't support this because of what I'm seeing. It may, it triggers me a little bit too much. So maybe they might've wanted to have a trigger warning out there for it, but I understand where they were going with the story overall, but it's just, it, it just happened so fast and it just came out of nowhere. And it's really, I just say right now, it's really hard for me to believe uh, in anything that's being said. And so right now I say in conclusion, I'm in the middle, you know, episode four, Man, it's like I like you want to love the characters for how they look, but because of the pace of the story and the dialogue, I just I'm just hoping things turn around and they get better. But right now, things are looking very bleak for for Orient. <laughs> okay, and we move. We have our next anime, which is the case study of Vanitas. Now y'all know this is my baby. This right here is my 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 baby uh, of an anime, and probably one of my favorite shows that I'm covering in uh, this winter 2022 season. And you know, this is episode 15. It was called the Desferers. Desferers. The the Aftures. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> Vampire and the theme from this is you have a vampire named chloe who is you know 
been told most of her life that they were going to try to make her human for the most part. And as time went by, you know, the people that made this promise to her died off, you know, they, they died and, you know, she was left to kind of fend for herself. And in, during this time, during this duration, she ended up meeting new people that visited her castle. And one of them happened to be uh, another vampire that shared information with her about the outside world and her whole, uh, point of view is hey i was told by my father that i'm to be uh tethered to this castle i can't go anywhere else i you know i'm not allowed to step foot outside of this castle and um you know because there's dangerous things out there for me and that's kind of the whole ploy of of this episode is kind of telling her backstory and you know, why she chose to make certain decisions based on the friendships that she's had and, and things like that. So, you know, it's a, I'd say it's a really personal experience because you feel like you're walking in the shoes with Chloe, or at least you're getting it that a more defined, um, uh, knowledge base of who Chloe is and why she became, uh, this, uh, uh I wouldn't say tormented, beast or vampire uh in the lore of the story and so the animation was good like i I really liked the animation but i will say that there were moments where i looked at chloe and you know some of the other characters like noe or vanitas and i was saying to myself like man like it just doesn't look as crisp and clean and dedicated like they did with season one and i kind of wonder if uh the staff that decided to say, Hey, like, we're not going to put uh, as much time into like really fleshing out these characters to be just this, these defined pieces of work. Um, maybe because of future work that comes ahead, or, you know, maybe it could be just taking your foot off the pedal because you feel like you've done a, a really good job with, with uh, part one. And so in order to meet deadlines, you know, you can, you know, cut corners a couple of ways. And so I'm really interested to see like why that was, but you could definitely tell like the animation wasn't as uh, good as some of the past episodes have been, you know, even in the season two and in season one, uh, the story progression was great. Like I, I love that they told this backstory with Chloe and gave us some more information uh, of what happened to her and, and why she made the decisions that she made and, uh, you know, kind of giving us a prelude to uh, what's going to happen next, you know, in, in this show. So I'm really happy with what I'm seeing so far. Uh, the dialogue was great as well. You know, they really do a good job of, uh, you know, I've said this before that this this the environment that this takes place in is in uh, France and namely like Paris is like the, the main location. And you could feel like that environment being surrounded with them and even like the layout of like the castle or the uh, clothing that the characters wear and, you know, they're mannerisms it definitely feels of that ilk you know and i'm and, and it's really enjoyable to watch like when i when i watch the case study of Anitas, i truly feel like i'm 
a part of that experience, like in like I'm in the episodes, so to speak, in the episodes, but watching as a spectator. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's really what you want from a, a really good uh, anime and have a, an experience that's worthy like that. Okay, why am I why am I eyes shut? <laughs> I was I was trying my best to be in that anime right there. <laughs> All right, so we move to Artifurita, and that is episode sixteen. Uh, the episode was called Black and White, and you know if you think about the uh, theme behind like. You know, when you hear things, you know, not all things, you hear the saying all the time, not all things are black and white. And generally what they're saying is when you think about uh, procedures, rulings, regulations, stuff like that, you know, these are things that are inked uh, in black on white paper. And it's uh, said to be law like this is guidelines that we follow. And it's, you know, and. Uh, we were expected to abide by these things, but, you know, as you know, and I know that's true that things truly aren't always black and white. There are, there's always that gray, that in between that can be, um, you know, that's can be rule breaking, uh, or it can be something that, um, you know, it's a prosperous thing and, and finding that gray area can take things to another level to where, uh, it could benefit everyone. And so uh, that's kind of where uh, this episode of Arefute went, where you had uh, them dealing with a situation uh, under duress by another demon. And uh, it was kind of like a, it was a sabotage or a setup, a trap. And they triggered this trap. And now, you know, our hero, uh, Hajime, and the rest of the supporting cast that's there helping him, you know, AKA his wives, uh, you know, they're fending for themselves because Hajime is really, really hurt. And, you know, they're putting their life on the line to, to save their master. And, you know, so the animation, because of this scene, you had so much firepower going back and forth was great. Um, you know, if you, you think about a scene where you're in this volcano, just imagine yourself in a volcano now. <laughs> probably like i can't imagine myself in a volcano Are you crazy i smell i smell kfc chicken up in here <laughs> but but no like okay if you're let's say you're immune to lava and in heat and you're in this um uh lava pit you know inside this volcano but there's flooring there's there's flooring there and you know it's it's uh it's hot but it's flooring in there and you could see the lava brewing. It's boiling. You have steam and all that coming out. And that's kind of the setting that Hajime and his wives were in where, you know, they're in this uh, lava pit, you know, they're on like some flat ground, but there's uh, uh, certain uh, rocks and things like that, that they can stand on. Uh, but then there's also a lot of lava too there that where you could easily fall over and they're fighting back and forth with this demon that's in the sky 
of the uh, lava pit and just seeing that back and forth and how they navigated and how they supported each other. I mean, it was just kind of an epic battle. So the animation was really good. And, you know, if, especially, um, you know, the best example that I would use is a game like Final Fantasy 14, where they have this job or class um, called uh, you have Gunbreaker and and what's the other gun class? I cannot remember the the other gun class, but it was uh the so you have these weapon classes, these firearm classes, and uh they are shooting these I don't know, it's almost like uh futuristic tech that's fused with these guns. And that's what Hajime has, this character, where uh you have these shield-like um guns that are like displayed in a circle around their opponent and they're just firing off and i was just kind of like man like whoever thought about this concept like this is actually pretty cool and it, you know it, it's probably like maybe in shows like um cowboy bebop you might have seen some stuff like that uh but you know i i just really like when they push uh, boundaries on especially like in action animes and show you something new that you might not have seen as much or they use it in a really unique way that makes it refreshing so the story progression was good uh not not that much to write home about because there was a, a lot of dialogue a lot of things kind of uh going back and forth as far as uh talking between hajime and this this demon um but you know overall it was still pretty good uh the the dialogue was good as well. Uh, the only thing that I kind of feel um, a little way about when it comes down to the dialogue is when they cut scenes and they go to uh, like another area where he might have some of his other uh, wives or supporting cast and they're like talking amongst each other. And there's kind of like a no, there's not that much context with that and so it feels really out of place like you'll get a two-minute scene where they'll go to another area and they'll talk and it's kind of like wait wait like what <laughs> what what was the purpose of that like i i don't i don't get that and so that's probably like my only gripe about um this episode so far but in conclusion i would say like episode 16 black and white artifute was pretty good and you know i'm 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 um i'm cashed in and i'm ready to to get more change out of this this anime like it's it's a pretty good anime and i'm enjoying it so far all right and then we have our last anime on the billet and that is the orbital children now uh as i said earlier in the show this is a, a brand new anime that just came out this week, exclusive, uh, maybe quote unquote original on Netflix. Uh, the episode one was called Extraterrestrial Emissaries. And the word emissaries could mean a couple things. I mean, we kind of got the extraterrestrial part in like known, like, okay, uh, some outer space people something outer space something that is not from earth uh but emissaries is usually like a uh organization or a group that emits other people from other locations around the world um you know kind of like an embassy in a sense and you know i'm sure that that's not the <laughs> the technical technical term but that's what i think about 
when I hear emissaries. And so I'm saying, okay, so like uh, onboarding extraterrestrial people. And yeah, I was kind of spot on the money. But because this is a uh, new anime, I do want to kind of talk about the staff just a little bit. So we have the writer, uh, Mitsuo Ito, who's also the director as well. And I thought that was really cool to see a writer slash director combo because that doesn't really happen too often. It's usually, um, it's usually, you know, one, you know, you have a mixed bag. You have a director who's a completely different person or maybe more than one director. And then a writer, you know, and maybe a couple other writers that come in and script certain episodes and stuff, but it's usually different. So the fact that uh, Misuo was able to write and direct this shows that he's ex extremely talented person. Um, and, uh, not only that, but I feel like when you have both hands and you're good at it, you have a really cohesive product. That's really, uh, telling the vision of what that person that's writing and the directing saw. And when you look at, uh, you know, Mitsuo's previous work, he did uh, neon Genesis Evangeline. And I was like, Oh, okay. You directed that, that, that'll work. I, I can, I can do that. And he also did special effects for, um, animes like cowboy bebop so looking at these two animes i'm also i'm already saying oh this writer this director he loves space like anything that's kind of related to uh you know outer earth type stuff like he's really into it and so just looking at this work i'm like okay like this this could be a really good product and the I think that's the reason why I, you know, when we were doing our selections uh, on the BBP for the discussions that we'd have and for, for the different animes, when we were selecting the Orbital Children stood off the page because um, it is different. You know, when you talk about anime and outer space, usually if outer space is connected with that, then you're talking about like uh, Gundam uh, mobile suit type stuff, you know, um, and, um, it, but but for the fact that this is not really of that ilk, it's kind of different in that way. You know, I felt like, okay, I, I got to at least check this out and see if this is going to be good. And so I'm really glad that we made the decision to, to go this because this experience for the first episode was amazing. So the animation was the best <laughs> i mean it was it was the best it was so good like just give y'all an example of uh you know what to expect if you watch the orbital children i highly recommend at least checking out the first episode because your mind is gonna go like 1000 miles per hour on like wait what like like could this potentially be a future for for us but imagine you have your hand like, like your hand and we've seen um products in the past and maybe even like today where um think about man we're like really really old i'm thinking uh the nintendo glove where you have this glove over your hand and like you have buttons on the glove and that's how you can do your moves and whatnot and you know I would say that at that time, people probably thought like, oh man, this is groundbreaking. This is crazy. Like people are going to love this, right? But not too many households that at least friends and stuff that I know when I was growing up had something like that. So um, very rare stories that you hear about this, this glove. But imagine 
your glove, but being like your cell phone. Like think about your interset, your interface on the cell phone, your touch screen on your cell phone. But it's your hand. Your hand is literally your phone. And you can see your your hand like turn like this translucent um see-through kind of color where you touch it and you got apps on your hand. And I was just like, yo, that is so freaking dope. Like that concept is tight. Like it's, it's so amazing. Like I, I think that's like just straight up just fire. And so yeah, and animation, man, it just looks so good. Like there's a lot of moving parts and man, I'm just I'm blown away by the animation and sound effects are good too. The story progression or pace was good. I, and it's like me personally, I wanted to rate it higher than that. Ooh, excuse me. Man, I feel like every episode I'm burping. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like start patting myself on the back before I start, uh, you know, recording or not because y'all, y'all be like, man, like we're gonna have to get him a bib or something. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, the story progression uh, was good, and I, I honestly want to say that it was great. But the reason why I had to kind of pull back because I try to look at this uh, from the eyes of a new person that is just watching for the first time too. Uh, I mean, it's my take, but it's also me thinking about other people too, as they're watching as well. And I feel like a lot of people, if they watch the orbital children, because it's so intense and rich with, um, you know, I would say science and, uh, just space uh, terms and logic that it might turn off some people because they feel like, okay, this is a little bit too brainiac heavy for me. I don't know if I have the the IQ capacity to watch this. It's like a little bit too much for me, especially if you're watching it with, with subtitles, you know, it might be a lot too much thrown at you and you know, you might want to pivot to the dub, but man, I would say the dialogue even though store progression is good and it's um, so much content is kind of thrown at you and it takes a while for the story to kind of, because uh, the first episode is about 38 minutes or so. So it's a little bit longer than you would think most uh, uh, animes are because most animes tip, uh, turn, tend to be about 23-ish minutes, give or take. And the core of that is really 19 minutes of like good, good, like content. And the rest of it is kind of like the opening music, the closing music and so on and so forth. But uh, this 38 minutes, I'll say you're getting at least 35 to 37, like solid minutes of, hey, this is the anime. And, you know, you we're trying to bring you into this world. And like I said, I feel like they did a good job with it. But um, man, in that 35 minutes, I'm kind of like, okay, like what is the... Like, what is this going to be about? Like, what is the 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 ride that I'm getting ready to go on? Like, take me there. I need to get there. And it took it, it took towards the end and you kind of got a, a, a sniff of like, OK, what this could be about. Well, we're not quite there yet. Um, the dialogue was great. Like, you know, the, you have so many different characters uh, in here, you know, and these children like. It, it really blew my mind. Like these children, they're so smart, but they back sassing the adults. Like, bro, like you're not going to just tell me what to do. I'm just kind of like, what? These, these, these kids are off the chain. And uh, you have this nurse her, whose name is NASA. Her last name is Houston. 
So you kind of already see like the inspiration is very heavy with like NASA and like just anything that's kind of dealing with space uh, ships and, you know, uh, things of that nature. And so NASA, uh, she claim proclaims herself and says, hey, I am uh, a nurse and I'm a caretaker, but they don't pay me to do both. <laughs> Like she made it like straight up clear. Like they don't pay me to do both. So I, I can only do one and the other. I'm like, man, this lady is a trip. And like, she made it through, um, uh, 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 the interview phase and all that. They gave her a job. Like, man, yeah, I, that's wild. She must be really extraordinary. But, uh, yeah, the dialogue was great. And I, I had a, a ball listening to the things and kind of the stories of, uh, how each ch child became a part of this program and um you know you could see their personalities really kind of shining through and all of them being very unique so in conclusion i would say episode one of orbital children uh was great like i'm i'm plugged in i can't wait to see more like i think this is going to be uh, a really good uh anime and the, the crazy thing about it is you know if you're considering giving the orbital children a shot it's only six episodes it's a total of six episodes and they're all about uh 30 minutes to 35 minutes a piece each so very watchable if you can if you can say okay i can watch six episodes um then i think that you'll find that this is going to be a very unique experience for you for sure